Wesley Decker. This is the uh, Wayne's World of Podcasts. With me is uh, Justin Davidson. Yeah, Rippy. Kyle. So, yeah, this is our second podcast out the gate. And uh, topic for this month, <laughs> at this rate, is uh, underrated bands. Um, I, I would say my picks, I have uh, three of them. I don't know how many you guys got types of music that uh if you are into uh you know punk hardcore extreme whatever uh it would probably fit your fancy any one of them um yeah and then a, a couple honorable mentions if we mess you both yeah i'm i'm way. keeping it you know at least in the hard rock realm I, you know but yeah most of mine's like metal or hardcore for sure cool um all right. Uh, you know what? I'm going to kick us off. How about that? Um, so, underrated band, number one. Uh, band from Germany. Uh, I did a wee bit of research to prepare for this, and by wee bit of re- research, that's about 10 minutes worth of Googling uh, before this thing. Um, but band from Germany, they were active from 1991 to 1995, as far as I could tell. And the band is called Acme. I knew it. Um, yeah, yeah, buddy. Were you going to choose this one? It, it was on my, uh, definitely on my honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought of you uh, when I did it. Um, nice. But yeah, uh, this band, we talked about like mixtapes uh, and whatnot last go around. This band definitely made it onto a mixtape uh, at some point from a friend uh it was the same mixtape that had sort of all the like um uh chaotic hardcore quote unquote as it was referred to at the time type bands like converge and coalesce and all that uh but i do specifically remember um my buddy sort of lining up acme as the one that sort of uh started it all um i don't know how accurate that is necessarily i i did see an interview with nate from converge at one point and he shouted them out uh as an influence um and i do remember they they kind of had like a stigma um not like i was around at that exact time but they had a stigma and that they never really like played the states and they only kind of had like one seven inch uh that was later compiled into a cd on edison um so yeah, it was kind of like a, a huge, huge bang for your buck uh, band that didn't put out a lot of stuff that just like totally influenced a ton of people. Um, sound wise, obviously, you can check it out on the playlist, or actually, maybe you can't check it out on the playlist because their shits are defined. Um, but it is on YouTube. The compilation uh, album that they put out is called. Uh, to reduce the choir to one soloist um and specifically the first song off that record is fucking sick yeah um but um they kind of sound like a lot of the like weirdo um don't quite fit into the mold uh sort of metal adjacent hardcore adjacent sort of like pre- screamo bands of the time like groundwork and rorschach um and all that but they definitely have kind of like harder uh riffs than a lot of those bands and don't delve quite um as much on like the emo-y side emo for what it meant at the time not what it means now um and yeah they're fucking sick uh acme 
band. L- lots band. of uh, lots of double bass, like right out the gate too, which was pretty rad. Yeah, and not like at this point, it, yeah, it's totally take it for granted. But it, I remember at that time just being like, "Whoa, you know, mm-hmm. their drummer is good." Right. <laughs> so, uh, would you say that, like, so I'm actually not even familiar with Acme at all. Me neither. And, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> so, you talking about it's pretty exciting. I'm like, oh fuck, this is going to be a band I'm definitely going to check out. Uh, like Nate, you talking about the double bass and stuff like that. Uh, would you say that? Like, is it like closer to like botch and and like that sort of? I I would compare. It, yeah, like, I mean at at the time, kind of like West. Or is it more close to converge? It it's hard to say. I mean, it's almost more like what later kind of metalcore would be. Just right out of the gate, just kind of guns blazing. Not not super crazy riffs, you know that I that I remember. It's been a while since I listened, but at the time it was kind of feast or famine. Like <clears throat> kind of like West was saying, you know, there was. For me, it was like Countervale, Acme, Converge, you know, were kind of the some of the first guys that I heard doing that style. Um, and yeah, I think Rennie found all those guys. He was like on an early version of the internet and came across them. But yeah, yeah, check it out. It's it's pretty straight up metal almost, you know, just with like more like uh, kind of hardcore vocals over the top. Yeah, I think of it as like, there was sort of that generation of bands from Boston that obviously Converge was from, but like um, Overcast was one of those yeah, bands. Yeah, for too. sure. Like they, yeah. they totally, they, they sound, you, you can hear Acme in all of those bands. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think Nate kind of nailed it when he said they kind of skipped the step. I felt, I feel like a lot of those bands, there was uh experiment experimentation going on for better for worse to figure out how to like do that sound it's interesting to think about like all that stuff like like when you hear a band that like completely yeah skips a step because i almost feel like every single year like bands keep on like one-upping each other you know and like ripping each other off like in the in the best way possible right like you just like something new comes out that you're like oh shit this is fucking rad and then bands like i really you know i really dig this record and then they'll you know one up going on and it's yeah hardcore has that i guess like that that era of metal metallic hardcore was definitely like everyone kind of listening to the little bit that was out there and kind of adding on to it it was like a kind of like a, yeah. a conversation in a way which was cool i thought for sure album West for Acme, yeah. The album name, yeah. The, the album's called um, "To Reduce the Choir to One Soloist," um, and YouTube's probably your best bet. I definitely saw it there. Uh, couldn't find it on Apple Music. Don't know if it's on Spotify. So yeah, that's uh, that's my first pick. Um, cool. Uh, go for it. Hmm. Well, all right. So my first one is X Hoarder. You guys know X Hoarder? Don't know him. Yeah. I don't. I don't know X Hoarder. All right. Got one I don't know X Hoarder either. It fucking rips. Yeah. Album Slaughter of the Vatican came out in 1990. You listen to it now. Every like crossover power trippy type of band that was popular mm. right now would <laughs> worship this band. It's and it's completely so. The thing about them getting um, 
maybe this this like overlooked or underrated status is they sound a lot like Cowboys from Hell area uh, Pantera. They both mm. are from New Orleans in the early nineties. I think Phil and Selma will say like they knew each other, but like when Pantera switched from their like glam vibe to their heavy thrash vibe, they just completely ripped off X Hoarder. Like you can hear it in the guy's voice. He sounds like Phil Anselmo, but this album came out uh, a year before Cowboys from Hell. I, I'm going to totally tee up Nate right now, but that uh-huh. very much sounds like a uh, Faith No More Red Hot Chili Peppers type thing. Here we go. Let's feud. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, The Slaughter at the Vatican, this album fucking rips. And it's one of the things that I would think it's underrated because I didn't, I didn't know about them until not that long ago. I, I'm with right. you. I've I've only heard about them in the last maybe four or five years. Um, yeah, anybody that's in the hardcore and thrash and crossover and all that stuff would would love this. Dope. Well, yeah. It's definitely uh, under my radar. So awesome. Good. I'm glad I got you. Uh, that's like some pentagram Black Sabbath sort of shit right there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Similar. I think cool. pentagrams gotten their they've gotten their due later on. They've gotten their due. Yeah. People have, have, yeah. Especially with that documentary and stuff. Yeah. yeah. The documentary and well, all that, all those records are so hard to find until they did the last days here, one and two compilations. And then it was like easily to, it was easy to like listen to their shit, which was like, oh, sh-. like, you know, everybody got into it after that. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, Nate, what do you got? Um, yeah, sorry. I'm closing up the Marshall fridge. Um, so my first band, uh, kind of like us, um, I, uh, did a tiny bit of research on them. Uh, I've listened to this band for a long time. They're called breach. Uh, they're out of Lulia, Sweden, which is like way the hell North and East, um, kind of middle of nowhere. And yeah, so they were always compared a little bit to neurosis, but more like a more kind of hardcore, like straight up, you know, rocking kind of band, uh, less, uh, you know, exploration stuff, but kind of similar vocals. Uh, they had similar kind of like, um, kind of weird chords and stuff like that. Uh, great drumming. Um, anyway, yeah, I've always just really liked this band. They do like really cool stuff, like instrumentals, on songs they'll have some with like multiple drummers you know at once and um yeah i don't know they they didn't tour much in the states it looks like i never saw them but over in like england they would tour with refused and entombed and uh neurosis when they go over there so i guess kind of kindred spirit and yeah they were on burning heart which was i think Mm -hmm. wasn't that a subsidiary of epitaph or something i i believe uh maybe it was some i want to say it was i think yeah because they, yeah, the they first put couple out, of refuse they releases. also put out that yeah. refuse record yeah, yeah exactly yeah i think it was like either the european or, or maybe maybe swedish branch that might be too yeah. far but um yeah. anyway sometimes they do collabs yeah i have you guys I, heard this band uh nope. okay no yeah no i i have i'm i'm looking at their album covers right now because i thought i had one of their records at one point but looking at the covers maybe i didn't maybe they were just on like a comp or something i had um 
but yeah, I, I kind of remember them. Yeah, uh, you know, check yeah. them out. They're um, definitely a, a little bit, you know, a little bit outside the lines, which I think probably, you know, being in the town in the middle of nowhere, you know, that can happen. Give so. me um, give me an album name. Do uh, do Venom. Probably there at least you know most well recorded um that's that's my uh my pick Thanks, bro yeah dope breach all right justin what you got so <clears throat> i probably could have named like five or ten like metal bands that uh, i was trying to kind of keep it more towards hardcore and um and then i, I found myself kind of like going back towards Bay Area bands more than anything else, just kind of like rad bands that for some reason didn't really catch on outside of the Bay Area, Mm -hmm. like in a, in a, in a huge way. But, um, uh, my first one, since we're kind of talking a little bit more metal, um, my first band that I wanted to say that was underrated was this band, uh, called light this city and um i think kyle knows of this band and i'm sure wesley does and i don't know if you'd know about light this city nate uh i've i think wes had mentioned them before to me or we maybe listened to them together at some point so you know they, they put out a bunch of records they put out like four or five records and i think i got hip to them because um i forgot who they were opening up for, but I saw them in maybe the very early 2000s and they did a, uh, a cover of Cold by At The Gates. Mm. And I was like, fuck, dude, this rips. And now I think they put that on their first album called um, Hero Cycle. And then That's a good anytime call. they came They're out awesome with a new band. album, and yeah. they are. They're an awesome band and I have mm. no idea why they didn't like kind of get bigger and um i i'm like i one of my thoughts of maybe it happening was because it was a female fronted metal band and for some reason like i think that freaks a lot of people out or they make it i don't know takes them down a notch but yeah like they had a couple other uh albums one called remain of the gods and the other one called storm chaser that are just like impeccable records wow. they're yeah. they're fucking rad and um and i just i kind of trip out just kind of going like this band rips and i have no idea why they're not huge but but such is life of, right for whatever it's worth on like the the female front person thing look at like every other band right now has like a sick fucking woman singing for them and it's like blowing up yeah, it's a different time. so yeah you know and so it's like when i think of like light the city or like walls of jericho uh and stuff like that um to me it was like super punk rock and super rad to to see a, a woman go that hard on stage um in like such a male dominated like uber male like 99 percent dudes at a show Mm-hmm. it seems like um and yeah like the city definitely fell in that category of like rad bands i mean to uh i mean we were t- sort of talking about how to define uh uh 
you know, underappreciated bands uh, for whatever it's worth. Like, I feel like light the city, um, opened almost every show I went to for like a two year period. Um, mm-hmm. like the, certainly at the pound, it felt that way. Maybe I'm just, I was like, uh, I'm misremembering. Um, I saw him at the pound a lot and I saw him at slims a lot. Yeah, totally. Totally. It, it always seemed to be like more like SF based, although I'm positive they probably played in the East Bay too. Um, but yeah, I don't know if they ever really like sort of broke out of the Bay area. Um, and maybe it's just cause you know, life shit or like jobs or whatever didn't allow them to tour. Uh, but they fully should have been bigger. I don't know. Absolutely. You guys should check out. So Ben and, uh, I think his name's Zach Oren. I don't know him, but he, during COVID, they made a side project called darkness everywhere. It's like. It's like like this city, but um, a bit less melodic. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rad. Check it out. I'll check it out. Darkness everywhere. Recommendation on a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Darkness. <laughs> 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 everywhere. Um, all right. Uh, back to me. All right. I got some lyrics for y'all. What do you see when you look at me? I am stronger than you'll ever be. That is the exact fucking lyric I want out of a straight edge band. Awesome. Like self-righteous, just like you, you can't fucking buy me. I'm better than you. I think none of those things about straight edge. Um, but I just do like think... I just, I, you got to respect the tude, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially as like a little young buck getting into it when I was 18, 19. Um, yeah, it kind of put a little uh, fire under my butt. Um, and the band I'm talking about, uh, Kyle, you might know this band actually, is a band called Head First um, from Huntington Beach, California. I don't, I don't know that band. They were just before your time uh apparently uh as far as i could tell active from 1987 to 1992 um and in terms of sound uh it's kind of like a darker youth of today is kind of like the best way i can describe it uh but you can also hear the comings up of uh heaviness into hardcore whereas i think sort of like that whole sort of like youth crew straight edge sound um of of that initial time of sort of like 87 88 yada yada uh it was more sort of about speed as opposed to to heaviness and you can hear the heaviness start to creep in on this definitely the guitars are a bit thicker the riffs are slightly slower and you can start to hear like the how we think of a breakdown um creeping in um so the the specific thing i would recommend is the seven inch called back in control um that has the the song i was quoting earlier um but it's interesting because it looks like uh in in trying to figure out stuff for this pod uh uh, it looks like Indecision Records uh, released a disco- discography for him. And a lot of that stuff I hadn't heard before. 
and a lot of that stuff um, is not for me. Um, it is kind of interesting, though. Like to me, it sort of sounds like um, shelter esque, if you know what I mean. And and mm-hmm. Kyle, I think you and I were sort of talking on the last one about. Um, I forget what band the context was around, but kind of like when Revelation got really weird (laughs) and you could kind of just be like whatever type of rock band you wanted to be. Um, And and a lot of like the sort of quicksand adjacent bands came out of that type of thing. It kind of had that sort of vibe. Yeah, exactly. It's just sort of like, whoa, whoa, you guys took like a hard left uh, at the breakdown over there. Um, but, uh, anyways, the seven inch that I am particularly fond of is part of that, uh, discography as well as like uh, a bunch of demo versions of that. Um, and yeah, head first is fucking sick, dude. And, uh, it's, it's funny to me considering how I feel like well-mined a lot of those like sort of early er ish straight edge bands are. Uh, but I, I really never hear very much um, about this band. Uh, so definitely overlooked, definitely underappreciated. <laughs> is it is it on uh, Streaming West, to your knowledge? It is, okay. yes. So uh, it is on uh, Apple Music. Awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, they are a good band. Uh, they cool. are a good band. <laughs> <laughs> That can be the standalone snippet to like mm-hmm. start the episode. The intro. They are a good, they are band. good band. Kyle, what's your good band? What's next? Chase. All right, I'll stick with Bay Area Hardcore then. I was I was starting to yeah. hear that Justin was gonna say the same thing that I was gonna say for my my hardcore pick. Well, mm-hmm. I don't I don't actually don't know if it is hardcore. It's metal, hardcore adjacent. Um but animosity. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. I didn't know uh, anything about animosity until I moved to the Bay Area, and it blew me away. Um, such talented, like music riffs, but like such crazy music were coming out of these kids, and they were part of the hardcore scene. I bet it was like technical death metal. It was playing the style a bit off. Um, for the time, right? And yeah, I don't think I think it's another one like Justin said, like Light the City. I don't think they really ever got their acclaim outside of the Bay Area. Um, Were they last... from Sacramento? They're a San Francisco band. They're San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The first, I, first time I saw them play was at um, Portrayal Park. They play. They were doing some just like outdoor show in the middle of the day. It was bananas. Um, yeah, just with the... I feel like like for a while, like every eighth person at a show was wearing their shirts. Yeah, and, and I think that's within the Bay Area. Yeah, like I don't exactly. Think yeah, they yeah. ever really got their due outside of the Bay Area. Um, totally. The last album they made, Animal. Check that one out. That's that would be the. I mean, some of the earlier stuff is more hardcore influence, 
it's more obviously mm. hardcore influence but the last one they made was pretty some pretty wild like technical death metal stuff i'm i'm looking at their uh, wikipedia they shared uh, a piece player with light the city ah, there yeah you go. there's your through line <laughs> and another another guy that i used to always see in uh hardcore at all the hardcore shows and shit like that and um and i think he was the san jose guy and maybe he lived in santa cruz for a while but their drummer this guy named devine um uh is an incredible incredible drummer and uh and he played with them and then i think he was playing with oh wow he did he, he did a short stint with um the huds as well and then mm. him and his girlfriend have a band where I think I, I feel like he writes everything, um, but they're like a really like proggy, like death metal band called, um, I think it's like Entheos is what the band's called, uh, I believe. But um yeah, he's great. He's really talented. He's a fucking incredible drummer. He can play every instrument. And uh, um, yeah, he was like, I always thought he was a uh, just an awesome part of Animosity. But just a little side note about about that. Check him out. Check him. Anything that he's involved he, in. Uh, it looks like he drummed for quite a while with Animals as Leaders, which take them or leave them. Oh, but that that music is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Very technical yeah. Perf- technically proficient type of music almost perfect yeah yeah that's right well i'll tell you what kyle as far as this podcast is concerned there's no animosity towards this band (laughs) hey (laughs) oh bringing the goods all right thanks bud hey that's called a transition Uh all right nate (laughs) who's your band yeah i'm trying to think who i'm gonna do next here uh all right all right i'll just get this one out of the way i mentioned him last time the band Handsome, um, they were Handsome? on <laughs> <Handsome>? <laughs> same joke as last time. <laughs> I set you up. <clears throat> um, anyway, yeah, it was uh, guys from uh, Quicksand Helmet. The drummer was in like Murphy's Law and Cro-Mags, and um, the singer eventually would be in uh, Jets to Brazil. But f- for this album, I don't know if you guys have listened to it. Um, you know, it's definitely like clean singing, but I feel like it it's um, legit, like good singing, even though it's, you know, somewhat unique. Um, but it's more about the music, like the interplay between the like two guitar players. Um, it's pretty incredible. Uh, just really unique, you know, ways that they're kind of playing off of each other and some really, really unique riffs. Like there's a few riffs on here that are really heavy that are still i think one of a kind i mean yeah definitely the closest would be yeah i mean if you pictured quicksand mixed with helmet a little where it's just really some off you know some interesting uh time signatures and um really uh lush production good drumming good singing yeah go check them out is it just the one record yeah they only had the one record um they had, I think, some demos as well before that. But then, uh, yeah, this, I think, went on a couple tours. I forget who they were touring with. But didn't last, you know, more than a few years. 
Did you well, see the album? Speaking of handsome, oh damn it, Kyle! You 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 ruined Wes's segue, dude. Ruined your transition. The segue was happening. Oh, and it was going to be so perfect. I, I know what you're going to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that. Kyle. What was your what was your what was your question? <laughs> no, Wes Wes is like speaking of of handsome, and and Kyle's like you rang. Uh, well, Kyle, Kyle does have a tattoo that says El Guapo on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Sorry, what was, Kyle, what was, your, what was your question? Did you say an album for Handsome? That they is... just have a, a self, uh, self-titled self album. Okay. And it was like 97. All it. right, Justin, let's throw it to you since the fucking segue got fucked up. Speaking of Handsome. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of Handsome. Speaking of Handsome. <laughs> Speaking, speaking of handsome, we're gonna throw it back voice. to Kyle. Spe- <laughs> speaking of Nigel Peppercock, uh-huh. <laughs> so I have a I have a list of a lot of bands, and I'm I might just kind of keep everything Bay Area, um, but I'm not, not sure. A bitch. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> but um, uh, my second band is gonna be Lights Out. Oh shit. And uh, so Lights Out was on Youngblood Records, and then um, they only put out two out two records. And they well, I guess the first one was I think an EP called Get Out, and then um, they put out another record called Overload. But like I know that they did tour. Um, uh, they did do like a, I think a small tour in Europe um, and they did uh, a pretty large like U.S. tour at some point. But I just can't tell you like in the mid 2000s, like there just was nothing fucking cooler than going to a Lights Out show. And it was, I don't know, like I feel like hardcore at the time was like really uh, inundated with like really big bands, I guess. So like, you know, like you were getting these really huge bands like American nightmare and shit like that coming through like, you know, a few times a year. And, and it seemed like most of hardcore was composed of older dudes, um, kicking ass and, um, lights out was just a bunch of young guys and it was fucking awesome. And, um, it almost seemed like a little bit of a blip over a couple of years like they came in they kicked ass for a while and then they just kind of you know they broke up and went their separate ways and i can't tell you um what the like what bands those like a lot of those guys were in prior to i think that they had one or two of the dudes was in duck hunt which um <laughs> put out like a, yeah. an ep with like spider like uh, with the spider ghost press gang and then um, Conrad Leaf Singer was in a band called The Lab Rats, and I think that they did. Oh shit! Yeah, they they did a um, an EP, and then they also did a split with Scissor Hands, which was um, you know, of course, Dan's band um, in the early two thousands. Um, but um, yeah, just a fucking rad band, and really like I felt like held a torch there in Bay Area Hardcore for a couple of years and then they were gone um, 
and it was mm-hmm. awesome. So that's that's my second pick. Yeah, I don't know. Have you guys? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure everybody knows Lights Out, right? Yeah, never got to I, see it though. Yeah. Uh, so Lights Out. It's funny because you were talking about like the age difference, um, thing, and, and so basically, like Lights Out was one of those bands that came along that made me realize I was getting old or like yeah, old exactly. in, in hardcore years. Um, cause yeah, for, for, there would be these other bands and they would be sort of like openers and they would be younger kids and you're like, yeah, that's cute, but I'm here for whatever American nightmare or hope conspiracy or whatever. Um, but lights out was one of those bands where it's like, oh, you're super young and super fucking good. God damn it. And it kind of like represented in, in hindsight to me, at least in terms of the Bay area, like that next come up of bands of like lights out and ceremony and lifelong tragedy and killing the dream. All those bands we were like texting about the other day. It was kind of wild that like the Bay area sort of blew up again um, with all those bands. Um, And certainly in my mind, like they were, they were part of it. I don't know if they sort of, uh, you know, they didn't reach that sort of death wish status that a lot of those other bands did, but, uh, they were dead. I remember just walking around Berkeley and like seeing younger kids wearing lights out shirts. And I thought it and was rad. To tell you like how young they were, I think they broke up because guys had to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> that's young. Yeah. That's a, that certainly trumps my like Operation Ivy uh, cover band that I was in mm. in uh, high school. So pick it up, pick it up. Yeah, man. Uh, cool. on stage dancer was i no i was i've 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 been a front man in every band i've ever been in Kyle. that's born leader that's why <laughs> those hips tip of the spear we call mm-hmm. that the old tip of the spear my there friend you, there you go hip movement <laughs> that's right the hips don't lie <laughs> <laughs> shakira also criminally underrated mm-hmm. um all right well Speaking does that of... give you a seg does that give you a segue, Wesley? Speaking of Bay Area hardcore bands? Uh it does, as a matter of fact. Uh and no I shit. sorta mentioned them before, but not really. Wait for it. Um the my last band is a band called Ceremony. Mm. And mm. you might say to yourself, wait a minute. They're huge. I know Ceremony. They're a big band. They're on relapse. They've been around for a really long time, and kids go nuts for them. Um, I know that band. I like uh, a lot of what that band has put out, but that is actually not the Ceremony I'm talking about. Um, This is a different band, same name. Um, It's interesting, too. Like I would love to run into somebody from like the hardcore band Ceremony, and just at like my number one question would be like, did they just sort of agree with the other band to just exist simultaneously? And I'm not going to change my name. You don't change your name and we're just going to be cool and not fall into like some American nightmare bullshit. Um, so yeah, it makes it a little confusing sometimes when you're looking up their music. Um, but yeah, this band, uh, within my like uh three or four minutes of googling 
do any of you guys know that band, uh, A Place to Bury Strangers? Yeah. In New mm-hmm. York? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I like that band, too. Uh, kind of similar vibe, but the reason I bring them up is the people from Ceremony and at least one of the guys from A Place to Bury Strangers were all originally from Virginia and had a band called Skywave uh, that also has a similar sound. Um, but dude moves to New York to be in place to bury strangers. The other people who used to be in Skywave start their own band called Ceremony. Um, uh, in terms of sound, uh, yeah, it's definitely in the realm of that sort of a place to bury strangers, like fuzzed out times a hundred, um, sort of next generation of, uh, of shoegaze. Um, so definitely kind of, uh, the next evolution of uh, like a Jesus and Mary chain type sound, um, ceremony specifically, I would actually say is a little bit more in the dream pop realm to my ear anyways, which is ironic because that's actually not a genre I, I typically enjoy. It's a little too sugar sweet for my taste. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but ceremony kind of like hits the perfect sweet spot for me in that it's it's really fuzzed out really distorted kind of has that edge but it's hooky enough that when i wake up in the middle of the night like i have the the riff in my head because it just it hasn't left it's like a total earworm um okay but yeah ceremony's uh super catchy and kind of like hits that sweet spot uh for me of a lot of those sort of different sounds um and the the particular album I like is called Rocket Fire. Of course, it's the one album that doesn't appear to be on uh, Apple Music. So again, the playlist might be a little challenging, Nate, but I think I have like a, a runner-up contender. Um, and actually, that runner-up contender is from a split they did with uh, A Place to Bury Strangers. So that's cute. Everybody's still friends. How long, um, how long ago, when did this come out? So, uh, according to what I saw, the band started in 2004, and the latest release I could find was dated 2018. I don't know if they've broken up since then, or they just kind of do stuff when they feel like it. Um, but they've been around for a while. Um, and yeah, I think um, with all the sort of like... Uh, with the nothing of it all uh, these days and the fact that uh, a lot of these kids sort of like uh, traded in their metal cred for a uh, shoegaze thread or cred. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, they're, they're a good band to kind of go back to and, and check out. It's real. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely try and hunt that down. I want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. They're good. Yeah. All right, Kyle. Got some good stuff going here. That's talking about the ceremony that everybody knows about. Um, it's a good transition to the next band I want to talk about. It's called Blitz. Oh fuck yes, let's go, dude. <laughs> Got you, buddy. Um, yes. I, I mean, I would I would say that they're. I feel like a lot of people know about Blitz, but I don't know if they've gotten 
the acclaim. I don't. They, tell me about them. Uh, UK punk band. Very like in what makes me think about ceremony is like the transition that they made. They started out as like a straight up oi punk band. And then they turn into this like post-punk band in the late 80s, which um, the album I would say to check out is Second Empire Justice. So if you like anything post-punk adjacent related, it's a phenomenal album. Really, really good. Um, but it also like they also have like this really like ripping, just yeah, like pine against type of boy. And when they made that transition into being a post-punk band, like you know, all the all the punk boy punks hated it. All like the the goss hated it. Like it totally tanked. It had like no success at all. It was like kind of forgotten about until later on. You know, like it resurfaced and got acclaimed a lot later. Um, the gym. So I, you know, and I didn't, I knew, I thought I knew stuff about post-punk and I didn't find out about Blitz until later on. Uh, Blitz <laughs> is fucking sick, dude. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I originally knew them more on like the Oi side because like I said, mm-hmm. last go around, I kind of went through like a street punk phase. Um, but what lit it up for me recently, and I'm going to assume this is the same for you, is that Homefront band uh mm-hmm. called them out mm-hmm. as an influence um mm. and i know exactly where they're coming from so what was the name of the record that's what i was trying to look up when i couldn't hear you second what was the name empire of the record justice. yeah so on second empire justice i think is the song new age on that i don't think it is because it's it's funny because like that album gets called out a lot is kind of like this this anomaly of like hybrid oi with sort of i don't know like modern english e sort of 80s yeah. leanings yeah it's got a toe in like it's got a toe in goth it's got a toe in punk like it's got a toe in new wave like it's yeah uh well it's, basically it's where toes. i was yeah where i was where i was going though is um uh this song new age is dope and i don't think it's on that record and another really good like representation of of that sound um and super catchy uh and it is definitely my favorite blitz song second to that would be warriors which um i think like every new york hardcore band uh probably covered at one point um Mm -hmm. but yeah Blitz is fucking awesome. I love Blitz. All right. Uh, who are we on now? Justin? No, Nate. Sorry, Nate. Uh, all right. So this band, uh, let's see, a little harder to find out there. They're called Brutal Juice, not Brutal Truth, Brutal Juice. I saw this band. They opened uh, for the X-Cops, which I don't even know why I was at that show. Um, I had a buddy, Gabe, uh, shout out to Gabe who just, we would just basically bail out of Napa on the weekends and just catch whatever show was going on at Berkeley square and saw some really cool stuff there. But <clears throat> he was like, Hey, let's go see the X cops. It's the guys from Guar, but they just come out dressed as, as cops. And 
it's it's pretty fucked up and then at the end for an encore they come out as guar which in you know retrospect it's like why would they go through all that trouble uh and of course they never came out as guar uh but the opening band was this band brutal juice and right off the bat uh there's a an entire uh you know video of the show on youtube um you know they kill all the lights in the club and just like strobe light going and they have two like kind of screamers i guess if if you will but what's weird about them is that they harmonize with their screaming so uh it's kind of like imagine uh, imagine neurosis like you know they have like the two or three vocals going imagine that kind of scream but like somehow like harmonizing and with with melody so that's really weird uh, and then the music, like they call themselves acid punk, which whatever, but it's really out there, like, um, but really good. Like it's, it's really well done uh, for what it is. Um, and yeah, they were on a major label. I forget what label it was, but the lady who produced like tools, uh, undertow Sylvia Massey produced this album. I think this was the follow-up uh, to that which had to be a huge, uh, you know, letdown. The album was called Mutilation Makes Identification Difficult. And, like, the cover is like a cherub, like, wrapped in its own intestines. Uh, so really weird stuff, yeah. They actually had a video uh, that played, I think, once on 120 Minutes. And it's really bizarre. It's Stabbing Westward was the guest, and they introduced the song. It's like the final video of the night. And you could tell they're super dismissive. They're like, who the fuck are these guys kind of attitude. Um, and the, the single was actually really kind of poppy. It was, you guys should, I, I'll, uh, I'll forward you the video for this. Um, beside the like 90s style of video, like it's, it's this weird kind of pop punk almost, but it has this really interesting like a uh, little twist to it but nothing else on the album sounds like that it's like they just kind of needed a hit single um anyway yeah it's i could say a lot about this band they're pretty bizarre um is that one single your jam then no it's actually uh my my jam's like you know the first track or there's a track called nationwide that's um just really weird i i, I have a hard time putting their style into words they don't sound like anybody else um Wait, but so sorry, real quick. Like, is it a jokey band? Not really. I think that they were just like, um, I, I mean, they definitely, yeah, they definitely have jokes uh, or like inside joke stuff. You can't really tell. It's all very weird, bizarre, kind of like, um, you know, twisted kind of um, material, as far as I could tell. I can't really tell what the songs are about, to be honest. Hmm. But um, yeah, they're out of Denton, Texas, which, um, is now kind of a hotbed for bands, but I, back then I don't think there were many bands coming out of that area. Um, yeah, they're one of those bands I still listen to uh, that CD, you know, uh, a couple times a year for sure. Um, I, I just love it. So there you go. I'm looking it up now. Yeah, don't listen to anything out. Like they have a newer album that's pretty much hot garbage. Is what, it called Welcome to the Panopticon? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Skip that for sure. Okay. Um, but if you can find mutilation, makes identification difficult. Uh, good stuff. 
right. And how are you going to segue out of that? <laughs> uh, so, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Round us out, my dude. What's your last band? All right. I've got a lot of bands that are still on my list here, and I'm trying to kind of figure out which one to do, but um, maybe after we're done, I wanted to maybe do a couple honorable mentions or something like one. that. Yeah. Um, yep. I guess I'm going to say um, the band Martyr. Um, Not Martyr AD. Martyr. Same band. I think they were Martyr, and then the first time I saw them, they were Martyr, and then I think they had somebody screw around with them and, and they turned into martyr ad but they only put out a couple of albums but the first one human condition and 12 fractures yeah is um it's just awesome and it was something that like we talked about like kind of being whatever maybe like ahead of your time or something like that but like you know they were playing um shows in the early 2000s where it was <clears throat> youth core shows and like they're opening up for like or like you know they're opening up for throwdown and 18 visions but then like they came out and would just blow the fucking socks off of everybody um which essentially and i'm not totally positive on all the members but it's it's just like disembodied right like i was gonna say mm -hmm. wasn't it basically disembodied with a different singer pretty much um and bringing it back to kind of one of the things that we talked about earlier uh, as far as having uh, a female in the band, like the bass player being a chick, um, like that blew me away as well. Like in a very male dominated uh, genre of music, seeing a chick come out and be super fucking brutal and just going like, holy shit, this is incredible. But like, I don't think that, I don't think that CD like left my car for, three years straight it was um i don't know it's just that record is like a perfect little record to me and um for some reason they just never really uh took off and like i talk about that band with other people and they're just like i've never ever heard of that band which always blows me away really i, think, yeah. I feel like when i think about early 2000s hardcore and like the whole like the ninth like dissonant like wee 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 you know all that yeah. stuff like mm -hmm. that that's martyr yeah you're I so i could be completely that, completely off base of uh of it being underrated maybe they're no, i think you rated be right rated I think, properly no, i think I, they're i think they are underrated that, yeah but without really giving without really them really getting the recognition of doing that so early on but but you, I you, I think of them kind of throwing back to some of the first stuff we talked about. Like they were one of those bands that kind of moved the ball down the field like a foot, you know, uh, you know, the, yeah. the, like you were saying, Kyle, that that kind of chugga chugga, you know, screech stuff. But they kind of added like an extra little thing that no one else had quite done yet, you know. Um, and and you know, obviously, like Zayo, I think was like an early one of that like when that uh when blood and fire bring rest you know that that riff you know which i think i forget which track it is the first track or whatever 
but I feel like that was kind of like a clarion call of like, oh shit, everyone else started kind of building on that. Obviously, 43% burnt, you know, is kind of the most radical version of that. But, um, but anyway, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, for me, the big deal with like Martyr AD as I knew him, uh, it's that I, I missed seeing Disembodied. Uh, I think I actually went to a show that they were supposed to play and they didn't show up at the Cocodry. Um, yep. so it was a huge deal for me to be able to at least see whatever form they were in now. And yeah, they absolutely did not disappoint at that, uh, uh, fuck, was it 18 Visions and Poison the Well show in Santa Cruz? Was that the one they were Oh on? yeah, at the, the downstairs vets hall and they opened yeah. up for those guys. And I felt yeah. like they, they, they like blew et visions out of the water at the time poison the well was like fucking insane like that was something i've never heard before but um totally well here, here's like the measure of i i think like people who are in the know about martyr ad is like i remember seeing all the dudes from the other bands that were playing moshing super hard for martyr AD. yeah so i i remember seeing them being pumped and uh and and sort of feeling the energy come through that way. I mean, Nate, to your point in terms of like sort of pushing it further, like another foot. When I when I think of Martyr AD and I guess Disembodied as well, aside from like the super dissonant riff, the other thing about those bands is like I'm fair. I am not a guitar player. Like I know about this much. I'm holding my fingers very close together right now uh, about guitar playing, but I'm pretty sure they downtuned like a full step below anyone else playing. Yeah, they time. they were super. You're right. Yeah, so kind of like they, um, living sacrifice or whatever. Back to you know the yeah. trust kill ver- or not trust kill tooth and nail whatever. So so state. really yeah. Quick side note: I almost thought about doing just like a whole. Well, maybe this is like a good transition actually into honorable mentions. Maybe this will be like one of my honorable mentions, but um. I am not religious. I don't give a fuck about God and all that stuff. Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> Preach it, brother. But, uh, and, and I especially, I'm not really too keen on bands singing about God and preaching the word, but like all I'm of those. Dan like, over here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of those like tooth and nail, early solid state, basically all those bands that band that, uh, uh, Nate just mentioned Zeo, Living Sacrifice, Training for Utopia, um, uh, Norma Jean, and all that shit before they got all wild and wacky. Um, all that shit was rad at the time. And I, I, my excuse was like, all right, well, I listened to a ton of bands about Satan, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not worried about him coming for me. So uh, I really don't. What what difference does it make if I'm listening to uh, songs about Jesus? The difference would be they're actually like donating fucking money to uh, anti-abortion uh, uh, causes. So that yeah. would be the difference right there. So uh, just burn that shit, um, like burn it on a CD. I mean, uh, at the time. Yeah. But um, regardless, uh, in terms of like genre pushing uh writing and sort of uh leveling up 
of the sound uh all of those bands fucking had it i i always thought it was so you know ironic that zeo has one of the most evil sounding you know vocalists ever dan wayant who just had the fucking sick you know screen awesome yeah, and awesome. and you could go. I literally in Napa went to a Christian bookstore and bought you know a Zayo album or you know they had a couple of those. I was like, if they had any idea this stuff sounded like this, I, there's no way they'd be selling it. You know, it was it was yeah. odd. It was really strange. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but the music made up for it. Um, God does work in mysterious ways, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, who's Pat Sajak now, man? All right, so real quick, um, because I know we're coming up on time. Uh, My other honorable mentions, um, first one is a band called Blind to Faith. Um, They were sort of, I think they have members of Rise and Fall. So if you're into Rise and Fall, uh, check them out. They have like sort of a similar sound, um, uh, kind of same like holy terror uh integrity inspired stuff can i can i uh ask real quick sorry to interject do you think rise and fall is underrated Hmm. so uh about four months ago i would have said absolutely yes rise and fall is fucking sick i love rise and fall and i feel like they never got their due but real quick um so kind of like that amoeba series what's in my bag you guys know that thing on youtube yeah Mm-hmm. yep okay so there's a distro company uh like hardcore distro uh called evil greed you may have seen them and they have a similar thing on youtube where somebody like shows up to their warehouse and like picks out a bunch of records uh so i, I fell down a rabbit hole one night and just like watched a ton of them and i feel like every other person who was on that evil greed thing like picked rise and fall records mm. so maybe maybe not you know maybe they aren't underrated they were sort of another one like on that martyr ad tip that every time i saw rise and fall i felt like the most stoked people at the show were the other bands that were playing Hmm. um so for whatever that's worth was um, rise and fall on death wish yes yeah a couple others for sure yep um and uh yeah i don't know what blind to faith is on i have the record over there but i'm not going to grab it um but uh i do know that death wish distributes their stuff um so they're good uh and then the other one uh i was going to mention kyle and i have talked about this band before but uh i'm sure i'm going to mispronounce it but it's hall shug uh they are what's that i'm not sure how to pronounce it right yeah, H A L A S H U G. Hausug. Yeah, I'm sure it's like Hausug. Um, but uh, they have three records out on Southern Lord. Um, it yeah, they're rad. Just like super fast, super aggressive, hardcore. They're from somewhere in Europe. Do you know Kyle? Where they're from? I think they're Dutch. Yeah, I think you're right. Something like that um and uh the cool thing about them too is the the first record on southern lord the first one i got exposed to actually i think southern lord like just reissued it they they didn't put it out originally um 
it's it's pretty just like straight up like meat and potatoes like super fast super aggressive hardcore um but by their third record they get like kind of weird like there's a saxophone on it um yeah they kind of like monkey with their sound a little bit like the the vocalist sort of changes his his delivery to more of like a semi spokeny thing um but it all works and it's all like uh it doesn't really uh turn you off too much if you liked the earlier stuff um so yeah they're a sweet band i like a good uh, saxophone solo in uh in extreme music knock misty i had a saxophone solo in one of their uh concept mm-hmm. albums metal that was uh like fuck man i think you could you could definitely like pinpoint the downfall of music in the united states to the absence of saxophones (laughs) in bands it uh i feel like it's been on a low-key comeback for like 10 years um but then sort of immediately gets forgotten about until somebody else picks it up um, but yeah, I was listening to a song the other day that had uh, an interesting use of saxophone, and I was fucking feeling it, dude. The what was the oh, last yeah. at the at the gates release? They did. They had some saxophone on it. That's right. Oh yeah. Was Have it, you guys heard the band X I E X E Y E? New York, like instrumental. I think it's the drummer from uh liturgy liturgy um Uh, anyway super extreme like metal but with a badass saxophone player super integrated in with like the low notes and everything um and crazy drumming and stuff anyway so rad propulsion so rad they never really got it they i think they get recognition in like the underground metal scene now but you know like the story about this band is like they created one album just rips like they fell off nobody ever really heard of it it got you know get it's gotten some later credit but um what else i got a death metal band called dead congregation i was heard of it it's awesome um a kind of a grindish hardcore band from la called graf orlock they do a lot of cheesy like Uh... cinema like a lot of like sound clips integrated in other stuff, but I think they're awesome. Sir, I want to know what you guys think about this next one. Is, is dissection? I I I, I, I struggled I don't with think that. They're underrated. Yeah, I, I, I so. they almost they almost made my list, but I was like, I don't know. Again, I I know they're not underrated amongst us, you know, and I'm relatively new yeah. to them. Um, but to the larger metal world, I. I kind of think they are to the larger metal metal world. I mean, yeah. again, I didn't know about them until like a year ago. So like, I think they should be at the top of like when you talk about like the Gothenburg Swedish sound. Like they should for, be right for there sure at the gates. They should be right there with see what bands and like one of my honorables is Don, which is maybe similar to this. You know, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, Don's awesome. Yeah, uh, real quick. So I wouldn't have. Justin, I'm pretty sure you recommended both those bands to me, maybe us, on the the chain. Um, Probably. And I got both those reissues uh, probably when you gave us a a heads up about them. I was Don and Hades. Nate, you got any more? Yeah, don't. Um, Yeah, let me. um, Yeah, I'll go mention the grindcore bands. um, Kyle. 
uh, Human Remains is is my grindcore choice. Uh, David, I never know how to say his name, David Witty or David Witt. Uh, he's currently, I think, drumming with um, Municipal Waste, but he was uh, the drummer for Discordance Axis and Burnt by the Sun, um, Melt Banana, like tons and tons of bands. And he's insane. Like, uh, he was, I think, at one point, you know, kind of like known for being one of the fastest drummers out there. Uh, for whatever that's worth but human remains is wild it's new jersey um definitely inspired you know a lot of the other new jersey bands like rorschach and eventually dillinger escape plan uh but more grindy like the vocals are kind of you know they remind me of chuck kind of from death uh they're that they have some you know variety to to you know the attack or but the music's just nuts, man. It's like all over the place. The guitar players are, I can't tell if it's one or two, but they do this weird um, like volume swell thing, I I think is how they do it, where the, they make their guitars kind of sound like keyboards at times, like really like sharp staccato and then just like blast beats under it and crazy shifts. And um, I know you know this band, Wes, right? Human Remains, maybe all, maybe all three of you guys know them. It's yeah, it name is. rings a bell, but I wouldn't be able to tell you off the top of my head like what they are. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Are you aware of them, Kyle or, or uh, Justin? Yeah, I've actually heard of Human Remains. They're good. Yeah. Um, what was my other one? Oh, uh, my. I guess I had one I was going to ask you guys. Turmoil is underrated. Um, I actually no. almost had turmoil on mine and then i was like i think everybody kind of knows about turmoil yeah you know i i think that they're rated but i still think that they're not as rated as they should be for just kind of perfecting you know that sound do the kids know about turmoil i don't think they do there's there's always room for turmoil need more turmoil (laughs) on the dance floor <laughs> anyway, that that I have some other little ones, but those are my my kind of big ones. So, uh, you're up, Justin. So I had a couple like hardcore um, ones. Um, I thought that uh, an honorable mention would be Carry On and um, mm-hmm. Lifelong Tragedy mm-hmm. are are two that I'm just kind of like. I don't feel kind of got their due. Um, and then like talking about like death wish fans, um, killing the dream also was one that I like for some reason, just kind of like skirted under the radar, um, a little bit for me. Um, just not being known. And maybe that's just because <clears throat> they didn't come to the Bay area very often or anything like that. But, um, uh, gosh, what other bands? a Bay Area band that I thought was fucking incredible that didn't really go anywhere and was never healed. Hell I don't yeah, know if dude. you guys ever heard never healed, no. but, um, oh, yeah, right. but they had like a, they had like a demo tape that was pretty bitching. And then um, uh, just one like LP that was self-titled and it was just like, not even, 
it was like a four it's a 45 on on both sides so it's probably only got six songs on it or something like that but um but they were an honorable mention i could go on and on and on about black metal bands like you talking about hades and dissection and and dawn um there's a band called the black that only put out one album that is like an earth-shaking album that is fucking insane that nobody um uh, really knows about and i think that album uh, is called the priest of satan and it's incredible absolutely incredible black metal um, so silly it is silly it's <laughs> such so a silly thing but then um and then wes you talking about um bands on southern lord i think a band that's on southern lord that's totally underrated that is ahead of their time was black breath oh uh, yeah 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 Which i was is, just listening um, to them the they other day named that band after a repulsion song there you oh, go all right but um you know they they had four albums and i think like if i remember correctly i think they're from washington yeah. And they were like they were like a heavy metal band that like just used to play in bars without putting out any any records for like four or five years and then they uh uh put out that Razor to Oblivion EP, which was so good. So fucking good. And then I think a couple of years later they came out with Sentence to Life. No, no, Heavy Breathing after that. And then a mm-hmm. couple of years later they came out with Sentence to Life. But I think that they were working with Kurt um Kurt from God City Studios at that point. Um and uh yeah, it's just uh they were a band that was just fucking an ass kicking band that I only got to see him a couple of times, but I never thought that they really got their due and like talking about like all these power trippy bands that are have been coming out the last couple of years um i just think that a lot of that uh style comes from black breath Mm. i kind of feel like they um uh you know darkest hour was another one that i was like i don't think they're underrated necessarily but they're not really talked about much as far as giving credit for helping popularize you know that melodic you know swedish kind of rip-off thing that so many other bands would end up doing which i think black breath you know had a little bit of that musically to to them at least on the guitars um yeah for sure and Um, and definitely I i think darkest hour was around before Black Breath. Oh, Darkest oh, Hour. Sure. Uh, Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like Darkest Hour was from Washington, D.C. That's correct. I'm yep. not... I'm not... Um, yeah, I wasn't positive wait, on that. I think Ohio. It might be Richmond, Richmond, Virginia. Richmond Somewhere sounds right. There. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, our um, old guitar player was buddies with them, and he was from Richmond. Like, Darkest Hour's first album was called, like, the... Hidden Gosh, hands of the Sadist Nation. No, that was the second one. Oh, that's the second one. Mm-hmm. That's fine. The first but one. I remember when they came out with, I think it was Undoing Ruin. Like, when that record came out, I was like, holy shit. I remember, like, Victory Records had, like, a huge, like, release 
thing about it. It was the first time I ever saw Victory Records like just be like, like, hey, this is coming out, and you guys are all gonna fucking get your ears blown off by it, and uh, and it delivered. I remember, <clears throat> I remember when that album came out. Uh, Wesley, you and I were just going like, that, uh, "Holy yeah. Toledo, this is fucking." insane yeah they went they recorded that one at the studio where at the gates recorded um in sweden and used their his producer their producer and stuff remember that was kind of a cool thing at the time yeah yeah it was the mark of judas is that what you came back with kyle yeah it was the the first first one but then it was so sedated so secure was the one where i heard that one yeah that was the one where they I I think I had the mark of Judas because the cover looks familiar, um, but I remember when so sedated so secure came out. That's kind of when they blew up in my world, and then they like doubly blew up when Undoing Ruin came out for me. Yeah, Light the City is probably got like overshadowed by Darkest Hour. Going back to them. Yeah, I kind of feel like yeah. dark, darkest hour was to that what you know, um, Deaf Heaven is for black metal. You know where they oh kind of rounded off the corners call. a little bit and mm-hmm. you know. totally good call. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also weirdly, I think I think Southern Lord uh, either like reissued or they did something with Darkest Hour. No, they released. A, I thought they released an album. Okay, that's yeah. There you go. And that always felt like kind of a weird fit to me i know we just sort of like drew that line between all those bands but i remember at the time that kind of like raised a weird eyebrow with Mm -hmm. me but i don't know whatever put out whatever you want all right dudes all right we did